Let's, let's put them together for Jesus this morning. Hallelujah. Oh, isn't it great to be here on a Sunday morning? Feel the touch of the Almighty and the Everlasting One moving and operating upon our hearts here today. Lord bless you. You may be seated. Let our classes go back. Welcome to all in the house of the Lord today. It's so good to see Brother Keith make it back one more time. I mentioned to him. <laughs> amen. That's right. Praise God. He has a little idea of what it is, amen, to be away from home and then coming home. And so he say, you got a little idea of what it's going to be like to go to heaven. <laughs> amen. All of a sudden, praise God, I get to fly back. And, but it's going to be a lot quicker. <laughs> amen. Hallelujah. It's going to be a lot quicker. Amen. Lord bless you. Love you this morning. You may be seated. It's good to see you all. It's so good to see Brother Randy and Sister Debbie back. Man, I got to get getting this little visit between the what's going on. And hey, God's really been blessing them and helping them. Amen. No doubt the enemy's worked against him, but he hadn't succeeded and he's not going to. That's right. Amen. We got ones working. Amen. He's always, God's always two or three steps ahead. Amen. Amen. We just got to trust him and our response. Amen. Our response. Uh, has a lot to, to do with that. Man, when the enemy attacks and how we respond to the attack. Amen. We don't just bow down to it. We don't yield to it because first of all, we submitted ourselves to God. And so therefore, that gives us the right and the ability to resist Him. Amen. That we're not going to accept that. We're not going to believe that. God's working something out bigger and better. Amen. So every time you attack us, every time you try to put this thing out, you're just going to cause it to break out in four or five more places. Every time you try to snap us and do it here, amen, God's going to bless it. And that's just the way God works. And uh, our response unto that, amen, is what is the hinges, our faith and trust that opens and closes the doors to God to allow those things to happen. Amen. To come to fruition into our hearts and into our lives. Amen. So I want to trust God today. How about you? Like never before, I'm going to trust Him because we're seeing a creation. We're seeing a time, a setting of things that's unfolding, that's coming together. Uh, this end time, amen, that there's some persecution, amen, that's, that's no doubt is being pressed down. And, uh, you know, in prayer this morning, uh, we got as much, you know, at one time, uh, probably the biggest focus of medication and prayers, and 39 strikes, was for physical healing. And, um, but as time has went on, we're seeing more and more of mental problems and uh, the health of our minds and the condition of our minds, which mind and heart, these two terms, even in the Bible, are synonymous. You can, you can, you can tie them together. They work hand in hand. And uh, so, you know what, we're seeing a time where we don't just for the physical body, but for the mental uh, capacity and ability. And the spirits will attack our minds. We know that the warfare is in the mind. That's the skull. If you go back to the skull, go back to the cross. Amen. The cross, the place, it's likened unto the place of the skull and the battles in the skull. Amen. It's in the mind. So that's really so important to have the helmet of salvation is one of the uh, forms of the armor that we put on. Uh, putting on that helmet of salvation, the hope of salvation. Amen. How many still got your hope of salvation? And it's got to stay alive. It's got to stay alive. And um, 
to keep it nourished and uh, understand who we are, who we're representing, and who's we're His workmanship. The working of His voice, His hand, His word, the no doubt a number of means and methods. Uh, he's the potter with the clay, but we got to be that willing clay, the willing clay to get on the potter's wheel, to get to bring ourselves to that place. As the Spirit draws us, as it moves upon us, how do we know about this? It's by the Word of God. We're begotten by the Word of God. We got to believe. First of all, you got to believe there is. There is what? There is a God. And, and those that begin to believe that and begin to cry out or long for Him and remember the Word of God. We're going to talk about this a little bit. It knows the very intent. It knows the very of the heart. It knows, you know, your your thoughts. Amen. Even prior, it knows those thoughts. And before they ever become words or actions. I mean, God knows that. And so it's God that arranges this and sets all this up as the all, oh, the one that's, that sees, the sovereign God that sees and knows everything that's going on. Amen. Right down to the one little sparrow. Amen. When it falls, he knows this. Numbers of the hairs of your head and things of this nature. So we know enough by the scriptures that nothing takes God by surprise. And so as he works in our lives and works for us. Amen. Nothing that the enemy's got said as a snare or trap or, or as a fiery dart to shoot at us never catches God off guard he's already ready he's prepared he knows and by his word and by his presence in our lives he prepares us we're his workmanship remember that we're his vineyard we're his house a man watch this Noah a man watch Noah built an ark now God didn't build the ark we can't just sit back and just think yeah I'm going to believe and everything's going to be all right you know, you, you could be sitting in a high building that's burning down and believe that it's not going to burn. And don't take any actions to get out. You know, you can believe that all I got to do is believe. But you know what? The devil believes in God. <laughs> so you don't, you don't accomplish enough just by believing in, in there is a God. That, that's not enough. Amen. You, you, you believe, if you really believe something, it causes action. It causes response. Amen. If you really believe that tomorrow, if I gave you some instructions this morning that uh, if you took $1,000 and invested into this, that by one year from now you would gain 10000 uh, how many would you go tomorrow and invest that $1,000? If you believed that, you would. If you had $1,000. You'd go invest that. And you'd wait in one year to see the results. And so even as the Word of God with all of its benefits and promises and the power of His Spirit, works upon us as a vessel that works upon our hearts, that works upon our minds. And it's, it's who and what we yield ourselves to, give ourselves to. Amen. That's who you become a servant to. And so as we have come this morning, and thank God you have, I appreciate it so much, each one of you coming be in the house of God, to hear the word of God, to feel the presence of God. You know, it'd be nice just coming. Um, <laughs> I'm trying to think of maybe a little better uh, illustration here. But, you know, how many of you love to just eat what you want to eat as much of it you wanted to as often as you wanted to? But, but there wouldn't be no, you know, there wouldn't be no results far as, you know, I'm talking about the bad. Uh, I'm talking about, you know, you could eat all the ice cream, you could eat all the sweets you wanted to, but yet you kept a good, healthy heart, good liver, good kidneys, didn't gain no fat, you had the perfect figure. 
That's the way most people treat God. They use God kind of as a, um, a means and a ways that, hey, I can just go do what I want to, live like I want to, act like I want to, say what I want to. And, but, but me and God's got it all worked out. He's kind of my spare tire. When I get in trouble that day, you know, I'm going to pull him out of the trunk and everything's going to be all right. But that's not much of a God. A God that can be manipulated and positioned like that, he's really not a God. You're the God. When you control him, then you, he's not the God you are. And so, same way with the word of God. The word of God is, is, is likened to a sword. It's likened to a hammer. Amen. And these are instruments and, and means that, uh, especially if they're placed in the hand of a craftsman, placed in the hands. And this is where it's so important. A man as a part of the ministry. And you and I as vessels of God, spiritual epistles of the Lord, of walking in the Holy Ghost, being led by the Spirit of God, because that's the witnessing part as it flows through us. And uh, so as we watch this, because uh, this, is, this is a real, these lessons have just, man, just one right at the other as they have built, and even from the last series uh, of of. of Places it talked about the overlooked, demand, and things of this nature. But remember one thing: I know a lot of times we may have a tendency to feel, and and that's that's the way carnality works against us, and this is the way the devil works against us: is for us to feel sorry for ourselves, to feel like that we've always been mistreated. Uh, this this has always been around. I could take you to Acts of 15 chapter, the first, you know, the church in these first days and all the miracles and revivals and different things taking place. But the bickering and the fighting was over the widows not being treated fairly. Somebody felt like they wasn't. And uh, so the devil has used this as a means and a tool, a man, against all, against a lot of areas that, that we're watching. So, so we have to be careful with all that because we know this God. Amen. Uh, he hasn't overlooked anyone. Even when I may feel like I've been overlooked, God, you haven't. You see right where I'm at. You know where I'm at. You know what you're... And you know what? You're my God. You're my Savior. You're my Bishop. You, you're the lover of my soul. You care more about me than I care about myself. You died for me when I was a sinner. Amen. But you yet and paid a price to deliver and set me free. And, and God, really, I don't deserve all the blessings I already got. I really don't. You know, here lately it's been on my mind and my heart and spirit to, to be more appreciative of what God's blessed us with and then take care of it. Take care of it. I'm not, I'm not one of these type of guys, you know. I'm not, I got a four-wheel drive, but I'm not fishing to go mud riding. <laughs> I'm not going to take, no, oh, I may be crossing, but anyway. I, I'm not going to, you know, uh, you know, it's a 2014, but, but you know what? I'm still going to wash it some. Now, I'm, going to, I'm not going to worship it. I'm not going to wash it every day. I'm not going to, you know, I don't have time to pray because I've got to go wash my truck and wax it. No, I'm not going to do that. But I thank God for it, you know, that he's blessed me with this truck. And uh, if you knew the whole story behind that, especially in my own mind, how that played out, you'd understand it anyway. But anyway, praise God. Because when I, I, well, anyway, we know how God works. But, uh, but to be appreciative of, of God and to have the revelation uh, to, to, to know him. So, God's word and my heart. God's word and my heart. 
Now, we know that we're serving an unchanging God. We know that, we're ser- that the word of God is unchanging. We know that the word of God is forever settled in the heavens. That nobody can change the word of God. In fact, we're warned a couple of times. If you remember the other night, even our evangelist made the statement. He said, now I'm not trying to add or take from the word of God. Do you remember that? He said, I'm going to be careful here. Not to let anybody think. So he talked about the sons of Korah, a man. And what transpired from that place and how the scripture talked about with Korah and all of them that swallowed up. And, and, but if you remember also, and we come in our lessons. Anyway, I don't get all that. I got too much other to go through. But so we, want it, we, we know that the word of God is unchanging in, in times and seasons. And, and thank God for dispensations and the law and how things were fulfilled and things like that. And now in the New Testament, how the power of the word, the power, amen. And we know that the word of God, and we're going to see that this morning, that it's alive. But it has the power to change my heart. My heart's what's got to be changed. My heart, the, the place of who and what I am is what's got to be changed. I came to the church to be changed. I didn't come to change the church. And I haven't changed my mind about it. I've been in the church and around the church since I'm 18 years old. And my, my, my decision, that decision right there has not changed. I didn't come to this church to change the church. I came to the church to be changed. And I'm still in the business to be changed. I'm in the business to move forward, not backwards. I, 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 I thank God that things that have been anchored and settled in my heart, that it doesn't matter to me who believes it or don't believe it and who lives it and who don't believe it. I know that from the scripture and my experience in my heart, what this Bible says. It's kind of like last week when we talked about the foundation. There's only one foundation. There's only one gospel. There's only one Lord, one faith, and one baptism. There's only one ark. There's only one tabernacle. There's only one God. These are doctrines that I don't question. These are doctrines I don't have to, I don't debate over. I don't fuss over. Amen. They're settled. They're done. Amen. These issues are settled. They're grammar now. Amen. They're elementary. I, I don't, the devil he wastes his time to even shoot darts in that direction. Woo-hoo. Hallelujah. You got to get you got to find another avenue, devil. You got to find it because those things are settled in my heart. Because out of the heart are the issues of life. This is where I make decisions. It's the filter of my tongue. It's the filter, amen, of my doings. It's the filter of how I'm going to respond and how I'm going to act and how I'm going to live. And you know what, amen, all of that's done being filtered and settled in my heart. And so it's never going to come out in my doings or my actions or my talking or my living. Because it's anchored and settled in my heart. when you start anchoring your heart into, into this and you let this call the word of God become anchored in your heart you don't, you don't, you're not tossed to and foe the doctrines of men and every new thing coming along <laughs> I remember when I preached at Brother McCain's funeral I used the scripture of John the Baptist <laughs> What do you come to see? <laughs> I'm glad we didn't come to see one that's just going to be blowing with the winds. But oh, you, you and I have got to be anchored, settled. And this is what the Word of God does in our heart. Our minds, it's settled. In fact, we're promised of a sound mind. He didn't give us, amen, the spirit of fear, but of love and power and of a sound mind 
and I don't need the help of the world. And I don't need the help of other areas with my mind. I'm just going to stay with this. I'm going to read it and study it. And to the best of my ability, apply it. And put it into actions. And watch it come alive. Watch it transpire. I told somebody in the last few weeks, I said, if you look at some of our elders of the church, you'll see why they live, why it's such a benefit to live for God. I want to be careful here. At the same time, I'm just going to show the evidence of God. We've got, you know, how many? 10, 12, over 70. How many of them's in the nursing home? How many of them just got, has to have somebody living with them day and night? Now, we're living in a time in a generation where people have given themselves over to drugs to such a point. And if the Lord tarries, time tarries. You're going to see, and it's headed there. You're going to see more in these facilities than outside. This is one reason. I'm not trying to get on this, but but I'm going to move on. Okay, but watch this. That's the same way with uh, a lot of other of our things that's been set up to help people. Especially whenever I'm all for it. I believe we've got the greatest system. Amen. And it'll work. If people be honest and faithful and do what they ought to do, it'll work. We'd have more than enough to help people that's in need and trouble because they are some. They are some. Okay? And it's legit. But if we're not careful with some of the avenues and idols and gods that people are giving themselves over to and paying as gods, they're going to find themselves in a place one day that that God's, not, they're going to, that God's going to demand a payment. And they're not going to be able to pay it. And one of the biggest payments they're going to give is unstable minds and bodies that have been abused and crippled and maimed by what they yielded and gave themselves to. I'm not going into any details, but I'm telling you, I can't get this out of my mind. And, uh, but I know of a situation just happened in a few weeks ago. And somebody had done something they shouldn't have done. And when they found that individual, he was down on his floor. He was down on the floor. I'm just going to demonstrate. He was down on the floor. I haven't heard it personally, but others tell me, man, that, man, I can see his face. can't think of his name. His brother with drugs and said that every time he'd, he'd, he'd start using them again in out you know trying trying to feed a hand that's a real beast uh, don't take it lightly and I, I've never I've never played that down lightly son that's that's a battle like nobody's ever dreamed because it taps you into demonical forces and powers and things of that nature and buddy I'm telling you without Jesus Christ and the Holy Ghost and a, a good church and a good family your chances are very slim a lot of patience, a lot of long-suffering, a lot of kindness. That's what it's going to take. It took it for some of us. And some of us didn't even fool with drugs. 
Hallelujah. Okay. And so thank God. This is what the word, the word of God tells me every morning, his mercy and grace is you. I told him this morning, God, I'm so thankful this morning. Your mercy and grace is again today, even for me. Not some perfect somebody that thinks everything they ought to think all the time and handle everything just so, oh no, oh no, I need the mercy of God. Besides, I ain't got a clue what to do sometimes. God, I need to hear from you. I got to get directions from you. I need you to move and help me, God, because I really don't know what to do and how to respond. Hey, the Bible tells us even in prayer, in prayer, it's the Holy Ghost that moves upon us because the Spirit knows what the Spirit, you don't know it. It's the Holy Ghost that quickens. It's the Holy Ghost that moves because the power, amen, is on the power of prayer upon this earth. Whatever we ask, what do we bind on us to be bound in heaven? Whatever we loose on us to be loose in the heavens. Power of this. But again, it's not by our own power. It's not by our own spirit. It's not by our own talents. It's not by our own wisdom. It's not by our own making. If that be the case, then I would have never needed a Jesus. I would have never needed a God. But you and I could not make it on our own. I don't care how smart we was. I don't care how talented we was. I don't care how strong we was. Nobody, nobody, nobody. Everybody's got to have a lamb. Everybody's got to have the, the great shepherd to guide us and to lead us. Amen. In this world, in time that we're in. But this great shepherd gave us, he, read it, he had it written down. And he made it in 66 books. Amen. And we call it the Bible. We call it the book. I know I've mentioned this here lately, but you can go almost anywhere, especially in the United States, and just say the book. And 99 out of 100, if not 999 out of 1,000, would know exactly. Some of them never been to church probably. <laughs> Don't know anything about a church whatsoever. But they've heard enough to know about the book. The Bible. Thank God for the most precious thing that you. <laughs> it is the most precious thing because watch this. Because without this, you wouldn't even have the Holy Ghost today. Without this, you wouldn't have known to be baptized in Jesus' name. Street and Paul said about the law. He said, "Hey." God, without the law, God, you know, was the law wrong? Was it sin? God forbid. For it had not been thought, I would not have known not to lust. Thank God that God moved upon Moses and gave him the pinnacle, the first five books of the Bible of all the past, that we'd have a little, little insight, a little revelation of what, what unfolded and what happened. Hey, I believe every word of it. I'd rather believe this than, than scientists and... How many of you know that we had a George Washington? Have any of you seen George Washington? Any of you have shook his hand? How do, you, do you believe there was ever a George Washington? So I'm going, I believe there was George Washington, okay? How do you believe there's a George Washington? Because when I went to school in the early age, I had some teachers before me that I put my trust in. And they had history books. And they told me about a father called George Washington. Hallelujah. That's a reason. But I got something that's greater than that. Those are dead books. And I just believe them. But I got a book here this morning. Amen. It's alive. And it burns in my heart. It burns in my life. And I see the results of obeying it. I see the outcomes of having a year to hear it, the pages of art, to receive it. There's nothing like the Word of God. The Word of God could change the world. It did. 
God spoke, let there be light. And there was light. So the power. You see, we're living in a world today has slowly but surely has tore down the power of his word. The effects of it. At one time, when we gathered together, even in America, gathered such as this, we believe that the miraculous could take place. We believe in such a measure of the supernatural because we believed it as the word of God. And we saw results of it. So, saw outcomes of it. They watched individuals of the community that might have been whatever. Because <laughs> I don't you know, some of the most uh, cruel and ungodly, you know, people. But they went down to that old Pentecostal revival. And they heard the word of God. And not only did they hear the word of God, they felt God. This thing's alive, baby. <laughs> It's got a force with it that's more than just letters. In fact, the Bible itself says a letter killeth, but the Spirit gives it light, life, or revelation, and insight. It makes it come alive. It has the ability to, to, to do what? To bring me back into a fellowship and a companionship that I lost in the garden that Adam sold out. Amen. And, and, and I, don't take that wrong, just, but that's just what happened. And we lost that fellowship. They died in the spirit. And so now, amen, it took 4,000 years later, but another Adam, the second Adam, with a quickening spirit. He wasn't a living soul, but a quickening spirit. And out of his words, these words are life. These words are bread. These words are a hope. These words if you'll believe upon these words, hallelujah, you can restore and gain back that companionship and that fellowship that we lost in the garden. And that's a fellowship with God Almighty, the creator himself. Amen. That's the reason we believe in eternity because there's life inside of us. We know that it'll never die. Amen. There's alive and well. It'll never get sick. It never gets weary. It never burns out. It's alive and well today. Pentecost and Holy Ghost is just as real and powerful this morning as it was on the day of Pentecost. But it's got to fall on hearts and minds and lives and vessels. Says, I believe it. I believe it. I believe it. And not only do I believe it, but I love it. I love it. Hallelujah. And so the writer talks about, and he begins, and I will get to focus first and all that. Let me just, for time's sake here this morning. The connection. If you've if you read your lesson, let me read your lesson. <laughs> About a third of us. Do you good to read your lesson? Okay. Do you good to read your lesson? God will go always. There's a lot in there I don't never touch. <laughs> but the first part of it done a good job of talking about a scenario, a story. And he, he talks about somebody, a king, giving you something that's precious, that's priceless. And, and he puts it into your hands, puts it into your responsibility. And he talks about you going on a journey, and you got to finish this journey. And the king's going to be at the end of this journey. And man, he likes it out, and he writes it out. He talks about our lives. Because you know what? First of all, God's, you know, he's the one that gives us this word. This is not a man's idea. This is a God's idea. I did something yesterday even to shock some of y'all. <laughs> had a gentleman come about a year or so in the store. I, I've worked with him, been around him some. And uh, he said, hey, would, would you marry me and my wife? And so I asked him those prompt questions I always ask. And he said, no. I said, we never been. <laughs> I said, how long 
y'all been together? He said 46 years, but I don't know if his math's quite right there. Okay, don't, don't take that wrong. I just know how long me and my wife's been married, and we got married before they was old enough to shack up. <laughs> but they'd been living together since 18. She's 19. He's 18. <laughs> and so Friday, and he come out of the store again. I kind of forgot about it. <laughs> and uh, he said, hey, he said, you still willing to? I said, yeah, I'll, I'll marry y'all. I'll put together so... He met me here yesterday evening, and we put them together. Been living together and shacked it up for, amen, since he's 60, if I'm not mistaken. Um, 59 or 60, he's Harold's age, and she's Anthony's age. <laughs> amen. And so I questioned, I said, what, what brought this on? What? She said, well, she said, you know, I just, I just want to do what's right. And she, I mean, she came into the Lord back there, laughing and I said, no, I'm so ashamed. I said, I said, no, I said, this is a token. I said, hey, this is great. I mean, it went on for one thing. You know, I, I done decided and prayed about it. And I said, you know what? I said, apparently they ain't got nowhere else to marry them. Maybe they ain't got nowhere to go to church. So I invited them here. So if they show up next week, don't, don't, y'all don't, don't, you know, they're going to be all right. <laughs> Amen. All right. And so, so I'm hoping they are. And I'm praying over it. That could be an avenue, a gateway. Amen. I'd love to see us slip into that black community because I'm going to tell you something. They need some spiritual leaders. They need someone who's got some stability and some soundness about them, some godliness about them, some separation about them. They got a soul that's going to live in eternity. So, and you and I are responsible. They're not but just a few miles up the road. And we're just responsible for them as we are anybody else that lives up and down these roads. To present it to them God and God's creation and what God can do. <laughs> so, you know, we, we put them together but anyway. So the power of word, the power of the union, the power of what God will work among us and through us and helping us. And Lord knows, hey, this is a big lesson. I'm going to try my best to get it. So the first part is he talks about that. But it brings you to Proverbs, the fourth chapter, the 23rd verse. And it's really talking about the heart. And really, Proverbs, the fourth chapter, you'd have to read it all. It talks about wisdom there. And how the wisdom was God in the beginning. If you go to another, I think it's Proverbs uh, 9 or something, I believe. Somewhere, anyway, it talks about how the wisdom was God in the beginning of the creation itself. Amen. And so this, this wisdom is one of the seven pillars. Amen. That, that, that is God, makes up God, the Elohim. That's where the Elohim him it's still one God okay but he's without measure he's in the fullness of all this and and so in Proverbs it talks about that and when you get to here here and when you look at Proverbs 4 and you begin to listen you just go down through that amen but it finally brings you to that verse 23 keep thy heart with all diligence watch it guard it protect it and so this is reading is so important it's the word of God inspires us and guides and leads us. That's what the writer talks about on this journey, that he gave something kind of like the GPS. Boy, we can understand that now, can't we? We got a voice that's behind us that will speak to us. And it's kind of like these little babies. <laughs> Amen. It's they, they, you know, and it don't take very many months and, and things they want to do because it's just in us. We always want to. I'm still amazed. I, I watch my two grandbabies. I'm still amazed. They want to play. They can, have a, they can have a thousand toys out in the floor, but they want to play with the, the whatnots, and they want to play with this. And, and I tell them, I said, why do y'all want to play with stuff you ain't supposed to play with? Why don't you play what you're supposed to play with? Amen. And, and, and you know, times on Christmas, they play more with the boxes and all that than they do what's in the box. <laughs> Hallelujah. And we're just, it's just in us. It's in our nature. Amen. You, you don't have to, t you know, you can teach them to lie if you want to, but you don't have to. I promise you. You just, you just let them get a little trouble and ask them. 
Amen. <laughs> the day of Rosalie, uh, she, they'd come by the store up there, and she was sitting on her side, and, and man, it was a mess down her at her feet. And I got there, I said, hey, girl. I said, hey, you made this mess right here, Annalyn. <laughs> Not him. I mean, not even a heartbeat, buddy. She didn't even hesitate. And I said, oh, Anna's the one that sits in this car seat. And she's the one that's. <laughs> so, well, you know the story. But anyway, but it's just in us. It's just so. So we got to have something that changes us. We got to have something that moves in our heart and in our being to a man in such a, with a, such a, a love, but yet with a force. Do you understand that? Amen. And so this is a God of love that loves us. And this is when he gives us this word to give us guidance and direction. And thank God for the word of God. And so as we watch it unfold. And so he talks about the heart, the heart. Amen. What's anchored in the heart. What's settled in the heart. That's the reason that David talked about the hide the word of God in my heart that I want. That I might not sin against thee. Because we know that God's not going to go contrary to the word of God. You know whatever's written down here. You don't have to pray over it. You don't have to fast over it. In fact, if you do it, just go ahead and do it. Quit all that nonsense stuff. You're wasting a good, good flesh and body, good meal. If you want to do it, it's contrary to this. Just do it. It's wrong. I don't care how much you fast about it. I don't care how many stars fall out of heaven. I don't care how many whatever things you do. It's still going to be wrong. For this is settled. Okay? And so if anything that we long and desire and hunger for is revelation of truth. Hunger and thirst after truth. Whole truth, nothing but truth. As God unveils and reveals it, as, as the, the process of time has unfolded. Amen. Thank God Jesus Christ came along and fulfilled the law. Boy, I'm so thankful we didn't have to go out to the lot this morning. I'm so glad I'm going to have to go out to the lot any day. <laughs> Amen. Hallelujah. Here lately, as a lot of you wish you didn't have a lot. <laughs> and rubber boots ain't high enough, are they? <laughs> Praise God. Anyway, but you know what I'm talking about. But, but, but thank God we have a lamb called Jesus Christ. That We don't have to do all that. Now, how do we know that? By the word of God. By the word of God is how we know that. Uh, thank God that, you know, we can eat sausage and bacon if you pray over it. Now, you can be like my wife. She, she, she every time she prays, she asks the Lord to take out all the, the casseroles and all that other stuff that's not, not good for her. Amen. She asks God to take it out. Seems to be working. <laughs> she hadn't died. <laughs> Seems to be working, doing good. So, you know what? It's a good thing to practice. Amen. To bless your food. Ask God to bless it. And so, why? Because we're trying to protect. Now, why is all this so important? I won't ever forget. I went. And I won't mention the name, but I went and visited somebody. I hadn't been pastoring just, I mean, I don't even know if I'd been pastoring six months yet. And uh, something happened to somebody. So I went and visited them. Amen. The hospital had some heart problems and actually had a heart attack. But anyway, um, uh, when I got there, amen, prayed with them, had a visit with them a while. And going back out, his wife had followed me out to the, she said something, no, maybe she's still in the room. But anyway, she made the statement something about, well, he said, it's what he's eating. said, you know, when you eat everything you're not supposed to eat, this is what the results are you get. <laughs> so, so it's what you take in. And so that's the same way with the spiritual heart. That's the reason we're taught in the Word of God and by ministers not to set certain things before us. Not to give ourselves to certain things. <laughs> because you're protecting the heart. Because the heart, the heart's the most important part of who and what we are. 
So I'm going to move on from that. I, I, I'd love to, love to went to a lot of places, but uh, time won't allow me. Let me mention just a few. The Bible talks about in several places. In fact, you'll jot this down in 1 John 3, 18 through 24. It's a good place to go and study that sometime this evening. It talks about the heart. Purity, the pure heart, the purity of the heart, a clean heart, a sanctified heart. This is the type of statement you hear often in the New Testament. And so that's what we want to present. That's what we're going to give. If you read this, amen, because you and I have been given, we're a vessel and We've been given a heart, and we've also been given the Word of God. And it's up to us as individuals how we're going to finish this race. We know that Jesus Christ gave us a liking unto this same thing. He talks about one that had five talents, one that had two talents, and one that had the one. The one that had the five went out to the money changers and all gained and gained five. And the other one had two doubled in his. But the one that had the one went and buried it in the sand because he knew, he knew the Lord and how that he was going to expect a man, excess, a man from what he had been given to him. So that's the same way with us. I know we're born to in iniquity. But we don't have to be shapen by it. <laughs> Amen. And I know the spirit of iniquity is working on the left, it's working on the right, and working in every avenue it possibly can. But you and I do not have to submit to it. And you and I don't have to yield to it. Because why? We found out by the grace of God is sufficient, amen, to give me the strength and ability to overcome it. That even when I make mistakes or when I come up short and when I drop the ball, if I'll just confess, I got an advocate with the Father. How do you learn this? John's writings unto us. Amen. Help us know I got an advocate with the Father. If I'll just confess and bring it back, guess what? That blood washed me again and makes us upright and whole before him. Amen. I don't have to be a servant of sin. I don't have to be a servant of the devil. I don't have to. You can't serve two masters. There's only, you can only serve one master. Sweet and bitter water can't come out of the same fountain. And so here we are. We, we, we're going to be the fountain that God desires. We're going to be the vineyard that God desires. us. We're going to be the house that God let me ask you something. The Bible talks about the, the house. Who gets the credit for building the house? I mean, you go up to a house and say, man, that's a beautiful house. House, you've done an awesome job. Man, you got all your bricks in the right place. Man, that roof, you've done a man, All the nails, is in the right place. Look at this handiwork, man. You've done a good job painting yourself. <laughs> no. There was a carpenter. There was a builder. There was an architect. There was somebody involved, and somebody had to. And so that's the way a lot of this, you and I, we got a part to play. We got a part of submitting and yielding and curing. And the Bible says we don't want to just be a curer. Of the word, but a doer. <laughs> Amen. That's the reason Noah had to build an ark. That's the reason Moses had to build a tabernacle. <laughs> a lot of work in that. A lot of time. We've heard a lot about that in the last few weeks. Amen. About this tabernacle. Amen. And God, watch this. Go back to Genesis 3.15. When he talks about the curse. God will make himself a sacrifice. God will provide himself. Abraham, daddy, we got, we got. But God, 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 the Holy Ghost overshadowed Mary. This is where the lamb comes. This is where the sacrifice comes. It's by the word of God. We, we watch all this begin to unfold. So, is it talked about wisdom here? Now watch this. How many wants wisdom? We all want wisdom. In fact, we're encouraged by the Word of God to pray for it. If we don't have it, we'd like it to pray for it. But I'd like to bring something out about this, okay? There is a difference between the two, and James helps us to understand that. So, if you would go to James 3. Who is, wise, who is a wise man and do with knowledge among you? 
Let him show out of a good conversation his works with meekness of wisdom. Our every conversation is important. Okay? Every conversation you get involved in, every conversation. Because your conversation is who you are. If you go back into the Bible times and study any of that out. Amen. That's the reason at one time this nation could be founded upon a, a word and a handshake. Thousands and probably even sometimes millions of dollars and transactions took place over a word and a handshake. And because of the principles of men of that time and age, it was even more bonding than we have today with, with lawyers and documents and contracts. And <laughs> We can't even get to White House to get <laughs> I'm telling you, the fear of judgment has left this nation. But nobody's going to get by with anything. Nobody. Okay? It's coming. Anyway. Good conversation. His works with meekness and wisdom. But if ye have bitter envying or strive in your hearts. Glory not. Lie not against the truth. This wisdom descendeth not from above. But is earthly, sensual, devilish. For where envying and strive is, there is confusion in every evil work. But the wisdom that is from above, and this is, a, this is the wisdom. This is the wisdom we're seeking for. This is the wisdom we're asking for. But the wisdom that is from above is first pure, then peaceable, gentle, and easy to be entreated, full of mercy and good fruits, and without partiality, without hypocrisy. And the fruit of righteousness is shown in peace among them that make peace. I'm going to tell you something. You and I is a spiritual... It, Spiritual epistles, it's vessels of God. Amen. How we conduct ourselves means a lot. How we respond to life, the circumstances of life. It's not God's will for you to be full of anxiety. It's not God's will for you to have a nervous problem. I can't remember their name. Lamar, something like that. How many remember the two guys up in, was it in Washington, up, up in Virginia, up in that area, that would got in the back of the old car and shot, I believe it was 12 or 15 people before they ever caught him. The little 17-year-old boy had the older man that, that tutored him. And Did you know, you know how he tutored that 17-year-old boy? You know what he told him? That 17-year-old, after working with him, because he didn't have a father figure, there's a lot to all that, and I, I don't have time. But anyway, to get to the point I'm going to make here, he... When he got, got him to that point, and they started doing this because he had, and, and don't take this wrong, nobody. But anyway, the, the older guy wound up divorced, and he got mad, and he got bitter. And, and, and certain things happened, there, so that helped mold him into this direction. And so with these two things, and these two had connected. And then he began, he said, hey, they're going to pay. And he had certain ones he was going to kill. And I believe he did kill his sister-in-law or somebody anyway, amongst all them others. But, but anyway, the point I want to make with that. You know what he told that 17-year-old boy? Because he was doing the majority, if not all, of the shooting. He taught and trained him because after the first killing, man, it smoked that 17-year-old boy's heart. He, he taught that little boy, he said, quieten yourself, heart, quieten yourself, heart, quieten, settle down, settle down. And after the, about the third or fourth one he killed, it didn't even affect him. It didn't bother him. He becomes, became so calloused in his heart of life. It was just another trophy. A 
14-year-old boy. The power of words. And so one or two things are going to happen. The Word of God is going to take that stony part that Brother Ford mentioned this morning out. I put a fleshly heart. Why has it got to be a fleshly heart? Because it takes a fleshly heart to have the imprint. It's hard to trace stuff over stony places to see results. But fleshly leaves the imprint, the results, the outcome. Not a fleshly heart like you and I might think in the flesh and the lust of flesh. No. A fleshly heart that the word can be applied and operate through. Amen. That's the reason the Ten Commandments are still, you know. Actually, actually, you know what? You can take the first two. First two, all said and done. Very beginning, first two. Love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, soul, mind, and strength, and thy neighbors thyself. If you do those, everything else is covered. All said and done. If you just practice those two. <laughs> so it's the heart because it's out of the abundance of the heart. The mouth speaketh. That's when Paul warned us. He said, be angry and sin not. Because when you're angered, you're more prompt to say and take on actions that you normally would have. We've all been there. We've all done it. We're all guilty of it. Well, I am. Let me put it that way. I won't take, I won't put all y'all in the same bag. <laughs> Amen. And sometimes even the people we love. So we see that's the reason you have to stay on top of the heart. You got to keep, it's, it's working. It's, uh, you know, and, and the hearts are funny. Even the natural heart, amen, it's things that can happen. Why? The heart, and I, I'm not, you know, some of these medical folks should help us a lot better than I can, but, but I do know the heart, they tell us, pumps all the fluids in the body, not just the blood. That's the reason when you start swelling and you start getting too much, too much fluid on your body, congested heart failure. So that's the same way with the weights. The Bible told us that in the end time, Jesus told us, he said, men's hearts will fail them. That's the reason he told us, he said, don't you bring in the worries of tomorrow into today. Because it can overwhelm you. That's the reason we're taught, amen, that the, the worrying of about tomorrow. And, 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 and I'm, come on, all of us have to be honest this morning about concerned about our world, our nation, and the direction it's headed and what we're seeing coming down the road. But at the same time, we're anchored and we're settled. And, and, and I know I made this statement the other night, and sometimes I make some statements, especially under the anointing. I, I, my, 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 my mind goes back to it. I'm thinking, whoo, did I say that? I did, didn't I? Oh, my goodness. <laughs> Help me out, Lord. <laughs> you know, about, but there's some things, you know, uh, some circumstances, situations, and things of that nature. You know, disobedience. Yeah. Um, you know, the Bible says, come on, obedience is better than sacrifice. So if people want to be stiff-necked and hard-hearted, and they're going to do it their way, you know, and then, you know, when they start and God just backs off and they start getting the results and the seed starts coming up that they've been planting, a lot of times we don't like them seeds. We don't like the fruits of that. And then all of a sudden, hey, preacher, I need you to plant. You should have listened back here. But you wouldn't listen. Wouldn't hear it. And here's the key to some of this. <laughs> And, and the writer talks about it. Paul talks about it. Talks about how that they didn't receive the word as from a man, 
But they receive the word as the word of God. That's the difference. Now, if it's just man's word, now watch this. If I get up here and start preaching and practicing doctrines that's not in this book, you got all the rights in the world to resist, to rebel, to pray me out, to do whatever it takes because I'm outside the book. But as long as we're in the book, as long as we're following Christ, then you have no rights. None whatsoever. Like or dislike. Because here's the deal. You're not fighting against a man. You're fighting against God. That changes it. And our little darlings don't change that. As much as we want to stretch it out. <laughs> you know, we can pull the, but I'm telling you, even elastic don't go but so far, baby. I kind of like them pants. It's got a little bit in it. It's kind of nice. <laughs> but they got their limit. <laughs> Hallelujah. And so does God. So does God. He's a loving God. He's a caring God. The Word of God proves this time and time and time and time and time again. But there is a limit. There is a limit. Amen. So, Lord knows. I don't know how I'm going to do all this, but... Let's talk about quick for just a minute at least. Uh, I got another 10, 15 minutes. <laughs> quick, quick, live. It's alive. The Word of God's alive. How many is thankful the Word of God's alive? You know, the Word of God still, you know, is, regardless of the thousand years that was written and, and the translation takes place, and I know we could get into a lot of areas here. Uh, just let me say this about this. If you're going to buy one Bible, get your King James Version. Okay? If you're going to buy We got the money to buy one Bible. That's what you buy. Am I against all the other translations? No. Now, if you don't want to read them, you don't want to study about them, that's fine. But don't, don't jump on me because I'm trying to better myself. Because I am. I'm going to read, study, and thank God for the Holy Ghost. And I don't use none of them. Now, let me clarify some things. Because I know some of them translations don't even carry some of the verses that this carries. I don't use that to answer my questions. Now, watch this. Most of them are just a translation trying to bring terms into our... Hey, the writer even talked about it. If you bring it all up to our, uh, okay. How many of you would have known the, uh, the word download about 50 years ago? How many of you would really respond, had a real understanding? Some of you wouldn't even existed back then. But anyway, uh, the word download. But probably everybody in here, when I say the word download, you don't have no problem with it, do you? What brought that on? Computers. The times we're living. Now, it doesn't change anything. It's some of the other terms they used back then for certain things. You know, they could have been talking about a cow. They probably didn't use the word download. But, <laughs> but the so, same way with some of this. Now, here's the problem. is whenever you start taking not translation, but interpretation. There is a difference. And Peter said, no man has his own or private interpretation. Now, if they try to start interpreting it, telling me what this says, and it's not lined, it's not lined up, I'm going to just stay with this. Because, hmm. see, that's what the Holy Ghost leads and guides us into all truth. Amen. There's not a greater teacher, instructor, than the Holy Ghost to lead and guide you into all truth. What is that? That's the Spirit of God. That's the measure of the Spirit. And there's no one better than the author himself 
to give you a revelation of what he was trying to say. You ever read a book and love to talk to the author? Well, I'd love to talk to the author about this. What was he really trying to say here? What was his intent? Hey, I, I got some here. I'd love to know in the fullness what Paul was talking about in certain areas. He says, you know, and John and different ones and writing certain things, you know, about the affairs of this world. Where's the lines at? Where, how far do we, how much do we get involved? I remember a time whenever we, we was taught you didn't run for any kind of office. You didn't get involved in politics. Period. Mm. I know it. I know it wouldn't go over well. You know why? Because we got some in it. I I dug that hole deeper, didn't I? I'm sorry. <laughs> now, on the other hand, I can go back to the Old Testament and see where. Thank God for Joseph. Because it had not been for a Joseph. Now, he didn't get voted in. <laughs> and most of us wouldn't want to go through what he went through to attain what he did. Now, a lot of people want to be a Paul. But they want a lot of absence of treading the water. Being beaten thrice. Being spent most of your ministry in jail. He wrote most of the letters out of jail houses. So... So I understand a lot of this. I realize this. That's the reason. Yeah. It's what's so quick, quick. Let me, let me get back to this. Quick. Ecclesiastes 12 and 11 says, The words of the wise are as gourds. Gourd also. Uh, if you remember, gourds were actually long sticks with pointed end. They used to gourd the ox. Plowing, doing. Doing the work, the laboring. Don't muzzle the ox because Why? The ox, man, the, when the stall is empty without an ox, you don't, you don't have near the, the corn. You don't have near the, you know, thank God we, we've moved from horses and oxes and things like that. And thank God for the horses. Thank God for oxes, man. Hey, I can remember my uncles. I love to hear the stories, amen, when they, when they uh, done their logging, amen, with horses. Pulled them logs. My, my grandfather, my mom's dad was killed. Those logs were so big and all. Trying to load up and pull it up on the side of a, of, of a truck. that It broke somehow and rolled and come down and killed him. Smashed him back when my mother was just in school. Sister Glendale said she can remember that day. When they come to that school and got him and told him. Man, but the horses. I remember Uncle Hayward talking about a horse. He had a particular horse. A man that when they got in these branches and all, and certain logs, and other horses would panic and get all, because they's bogging down. Man, they just throw a fit and rear up. And, hey, man, he said, I can unhook them, go get such and this. I can't remember its name. And I seen a picture of it here. And she showed me a picture here a while back of, of that horse. And, and said, but you could take him down there. And said, you could hook him up to that log. And said, buddy, in a minute, said, he'd take his feet and he'd find him on cypress knees. And he'd find one, son. He'd pull that log out there. And said, he just, he just, he figured it all out. He knew how to get a hold. And so that's the same. That's what this word does. You're going to find bogging situations. You're going to find some miry clay you're going to get into. But I'm going to tell you something. The Word of God's got some golden nuggets. It's got some knees. Amen. But you got to look for it. you got to search for it. you got to, you got to hunger for it. See, we're, too many people just want God magically like he's some, some witch doctor or something. You know, He's just going to magically do that. And he can because he can do the, the supernatural and things of that nature. But there is a guideline by him. First of all, he's not going to do it to entertain flesh. He's not here to put on a show. That's the reason Jesus Christ didn't put on a show for the devil. 
And so we're not either. We're not here to entertain flesh. We're here to entertain him and let the power and the presence of God. This is what the word of God. And man, I'm getting on some. So I want to move from that. Just go on. So watch this. So it's like gourds are as nails fastened by the master, masters of assemblies, which are given from one shepherd. So he's like in the word of God. It's like nails. You got to nail some things down. Have anybody heard? Boy, they nailed that final nail in that coffin. <laughs> Praise God. Hey, man, that was, that was the straw that broke the camel's back. You know, things like that. And so that's the way the word of God ought to be about doctrines and directions that we take in life. Amen. Always go back to the Word of God. <clears throat> Don't listen to your own conscience. Now, if you keep your conscience right, you can. You keep it lined up with this and the Holy Ghost, I tell you what, most of the time, the, that first instructions, that first instinct's right. Hmm. It really is. To what I ought to do. What direction I should go. But if that's not the one we want, if we're not careful, we start looking for avenues to get around it. But what about, and if we're not careful, this is the next thing we'll do. We'll start, we'll start finding certain species. Can I put it that way? Certain vessels with a kindred spirit. That feels like I feel about this. That sees this like I see it. That's the reason we got so many denominations. So many different beliefs. And so many different doctrines. But guess what? This is what's forever settled in heaven. And all of us, the Word of God makes it, it's going to have to give account. The writer talks about, remember? Remember the guidebook. Said all of a sudden, not only with that precious gift and responsibility you got to, to make it through this journey, that you had a thousand and one questions. How am I going to do this? What, what kind of enemies am I going to face? What kind of geographical location am I going to go through? And then all of a sudden, the king hands you a book and tells you, hey man, that thousand and one questions you got, here's the answers inside this little manual right here. And every question you got, the answer's here. But you got to search it out and you got to find it. He that hungers and thirsts after righteousness shall be filled. Amen. And when you and I make up in our minds and make up in our hearts and our spirit, I want to be saved. I'm not worried about what grandma, and don't take that wrong. I'm not trying to be offensive with that. But you and I, it's a personal thing. He's got to become a personal savior, a personal relationship. You can't build somebody else's relationship. I'm going to tell you, can I say something? Boy, I felt something right there. I'm just going to say it. I'm going to tell you what, marriages cannot be built off what mom and daddy's was and what grandma's and grandpa's was. You got to create that marriage. You got to be the one that works at it. You got to be the one that bows and you got to be the one that falls in love and you got to be the one that makes up in your mind. Hey, I'm not leaving. I'm not forsaken. I'm not going anywhere. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to work this thing out. I'm going to stay with it. I'm going to pray until God moves. I'm going to pray until God shows up. I'm going to do what God wants me. Hey, man, where the courts won't help you. Oh, well, I'm just going to take when the courts won't help you. Mama can't help you. Daddy can't help you. Nobody else can help you. God can always help you. God can always step in on the scene and God can always make a way. But you and I, hey, man, you got to be willing to say, I'm going to do it God's way. Because when you do it God's way, you got to be a winner. Don't let your carnality buck that. Don't let the devil buck that. Don't let all the certificates buck that. Where the percentage of them, yeah, the percentage of them not build on the word of God either. Not being offensive. I'm just telling you, skin. This, this, is, this is how to keep fellowship. This is how to keep companionship. This is how to keep ourselves that we, we, we can have fellowship. You, you can't, the Bible says, you can't eat from the tables of the devil. And the tables of God too. 
You can't run. And that's, that's one problem with religion today. I'm going to say this. If I could get some of y'all go down to those casinos and stand outside the door and ask all them folks going in there, how many of them's Christians? Then that non-Christian guy's in there is looking around saying, well, I, I'm as much a Christian as you are. You don't look any way different than I do. You're drinking what I'm drinking. You're participating in what I participate. <laughs> Your life is in much of a mess as mine. You know, if I needed a house built, and I was looking for a carpenter, and so-and-so built three houses. But when the storm come through two weeks ago, man, ain't none of them standing. I don't think I'd want him off the list. <laughs> Praise God. But if I heard about that carpenter, you know, they talk about, you know, and a lot of people, you know, today, and just let me show you an example of some stuff. <laughs> today, all rafters is on pretty much on two foot centers in housing. My Aunt Bertha and Knoxville's house, the rafters were about this far apart. At least. But the difference was the rafters they had, number one, they were solid, solid lighter. Number two, they was put in not with nails but with spikes. You couldn't hardly pull them. They was this big around. You couldn't hardly bend them. You couldn't hardly do them. And then they decked it out with tongue and groove. Not with plywood. Not with OSB. They didn't know. Tongue and groove. What most people put on floors today and pay high dollar for. <laughs> tongue and groove. It stood Katrina. It stood... Um, what was the first big one? God have mercy. Frederick. No, yeah, it stood Frederick too, but Camille. It stood all of them. And if we could have kept the roof up and kept all the other parts. In fact, I still got some of those boards off the side of that house today. About this thick. Cypress boards. I can put on my trailer. I can leave them out in the weather. I can do whatever. They don't seem to rot. You know what the difference? Today, we're trying to build houses. Number one, out of trees is about 15, 20 years old. Rings about this far apart. But those boards are built out of trees that are probably 150 years old. <laughs> that rings that you couldn't even hardly count them. They'd done weather to many a storms before they was ever. Woo, come on. side of that house. The problem with our day at time, we don't want to weather any storms. We don't want to separate. We don't want to hear the word of God. We don't want to come out of the world, but we want God to show up and heal and we want God to bless and we want God without obeying the word of God. But I'm going to tell you, honey, we'll go back to the word of God. The word of God has not changed in heaven. Neither has it changed on earth. Neither has it changed in our heart. So the promises is in this word of God are just as real and powerful today in this church as they was in the day of Pentecost. The word of God still has a power to heal. The word of God still has a power to deliver. The word of God still has a power to set free. The word of God still will work if we'll just let it work. That's 
And when she gets big enough, it's going to work for her. And when he gets big enough, it's going to work for him. Because it's unchanging. And that's the way you and I have to approach it. This word is settled not only in heaven, but it's settled here. Settled in my mind. It's settled in my spirit. It's settled in my heart. This word is forever settled. The writer carries us, time will allow us, he talks about the two-edged sword, the two mouths. I really believe, and this is just me, but I believe God gave me a little revelation of that particular scripture one time. Amen. The two-edged sword. We know it's for... A two-edged sword pierces far better than a one-sided. Okay. We know the Word of God pierces, separating the marrow from bone, joints, and the very intense thoughts of the mind. The Word of God knows the intent of the heart before it ever comes to pass. What do you mean by that, preacher? Have you ever said something? Somebody come back to you and said, Hey, you, you hurt my feelings. You, you frustrated me, whatever. You said such and such, and they took it meaning something that was a thousand miles off of what you intended it to mean. And you say, Oh, wait, wait, that, that's not what I intended. This is what. And so the Word of God works the same way. It knows the intent of the heart. It knows the intent of what comes through these lips. Whether it means good or harm. That's the reason we're warned by the scriptures not to judge our brothers and sisters. Leave it to the shepherd. He knows. And he'll work it out. He'll bring it together. Now if they're in error, according to this book... Don't worry. God's going to take care of it. That's the reason I don't put nobody in heaven. I don't put people in hell. I can say I got my opinion by the word of God. Lived a good, clean, holy God. They filled with the Holy Ghost and obeyed. Hey, best I can tell, they're going to heaven. We're going to celebrate over that. Others, we're going to, going to lay the body to, to the earth, going back to the dust. The spirit goes to God. I'm done. It goes back to its creator. It's God's business. Now, I still have a mandate to preach the gospel. I can tell you this. The Roman road will not work. It will if you obey the Roman road. But just believing in the Roman road will not get you. You're not going to Rome. You're going to heaven. <laughs> okay? There's a little difference. <laughs> Okay, but if you go to Romans 3 and all the way through, I believe, 10, they're about, he talks about it. And he talks about the gospel. He that calls, and here's what they want to use. They want to use, he that calls upon the Lord shall be saved. That's true. You've got to believe and call on him. And I believe anybody that calls on him with an honest and sincere heart, he's going to bring you. He's going to move. He's going to operate in your life. But if you read on, amen. 
You call upon him, but he says, but how can they know who to call on without hearing of him? And how can they preach him without them being sent? And how beautiful the feet that brings what? The gospel. What is the gospel? It's the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. What is that? That's repentance, baptism in Jesus, and the infilling of the Holy Ghost. It all works hand in hand. And so as we start on this journey and this process, through the word of God, precept upon precept, line upon line. Here a little and there a little. He just keeps working with us. Keeps bringing us. In fact, if you go to Isaiah and read that, the next verse says, whenever you start back, you're backing up. When you start picking up elements that you want solved as issues and doctrines with Jesus Christ, and you start picking those, when you start, that means you're backing up. That's what Paul's writings to Galatians was all about. When they went back picking up, wanting to bow down to certain things. Beggar elements is what he called them. Keeping certain events. So you telling me that obeying the law is better than Christ. And the grace of Christ. And the infilling of the Holy Ghost. But it's not. Thank God for the word that allowed you and I as Gentiles. To have access to come in. So now, quick, quick, man. Two-edged sword, it talks about that. We talk about the quick, quick. What is that? The nails, it gets, but it's also, it's alive. It makes alive. It causes it to come alive. The word of God, amen, it makes, it causes things to come alive. It gives us, you know, one reason, you know, one, I believe one thing's reason conviction's not in our, our nation as it was at one time. is because of a lack of a hunger for the word of God and the truth of God. The Word of God is what brings conviction. It still works today. Anybody been convict, convicted lately with the Word of God? Anybody had the Holy Ghost for 20 years and you still get, become convicted by the Word of God at times? Hey, I'm not going to do that, man. I'm going I'm to work better. I'm going to work on that. Because <laughs> the Word of God is like that candle, the spirit of man that searches the heart. Why? Because you're on a journey. We're in a process, and we got to navigate through all of this, and we got to deal with spirits, and we got to deal with circumstances, situation, and, and and to say that we can make this journey without being scratched, without being affected, without being touched, would be nonsense. Life and pitfalls of life can get a hold of us and cause us become bitter, cause us become hard. We can get bitter toward our parents because they, they wound up in a divorce and this happened, that happened, and that can have an effect upon us. And, and I'm not believing, I'm just telling you that can happen. But with God and with the Word of God, I can overcome that. I don't have to let that shipwreck me. I don't have to let that, amen, get me in a place that I wind up in a devil's hell over that circumstance. And I'm not going to justify my actions or my response when it's contrary to this book. No, I'm going to go back to the book and I'm going to humble myself and I'm going to forgive. I'm going to get it under the blood. Amen. I'm going to get it <clears throat> washed out of my heart. Washed out of my heart. Amen. The devil's not going to use it as a leverage every time I turned around. And neither I'm going to pass this spirit on to my babies. I'm not going to pass it and put it into them. But we're going to handle this the best way we can. We're going to let God gonna help us. And we're going to respond to this. That, won't, that means everything's going to get perfect. It's not going to get perfect, baby. Hallelujah. And I tell you, if children's involved, it's sure not going to get perfect. Still going to have to deal with the things. And I'm dealing with a little topic here. It's probably one of the worst things you can deal with. But it's still a fact. But the Word of God can still bring you and give you victory over that one. You can name the worst one. Because I've had them tell me, amen, divorce was worse than a death. Hmm. Thank God for the word. 
that I get it anchored in my heart, my soul, mind, that I can conquer this, I can overcome this, and get right with God, get right in the Holy Ghost, get right in the Word of God, and keep the things that He wants us to keep. So as we move on, and, and, and Lord knows, I'm to, Psalms 19 is actually the chapter 14 verses, and, and we'll use the last few verses of this one, but it kind of tops off a man of, of, of the Word of God and the power of the word of God. He says, The heavens declare the glory of God, and the firmaments showeth his handiwork. Listen to what he's saying. Day unto day uttered speech, night unto night showeth the knowledge. You go out and you watch this creation, the sun that set into its tabernacle, the, the, the earth and the axis sets on, and the turning the beauty and the, the fashion of the architect and creating the right, the cosmo and the right the, and its right axis. It's not too cold, but yet it doesn't burn up. And how God put all of this, amen, and put it in. There is no speech nor language where their voice is not heard. <laughs> Creation itself is sending up every day and every night of this God. That's what the writer's saying. Their voices are heard. There's not a language. There's not a people watching. Their line is gone out through all the earth. Their words to the end of the world. In them hath he set a tabernacle for the sun. Which is as a bridegroom coming out of his chambers. And rejoices of a strong man that's coming to a race. <laughs> what a God. What a creator. Looking at the end from the beginning and the, the language and all of these, even these first ten commandments that we read of God, of his creation, all of them still obeying and fulfilling. After thousands of years, they're still, amen, obeying their maker, their creator, and responded to him. Amen. The power of his word and that that's settled. So we get an idea before he ever created man, before he ever spoke to man, the power of that spoken word and the, the strength and the ability that we can find from the word of God. That's the reason we found out last week that we're going to found and we're going to grow. We're going to build our lives upon the word of God. Regardless of whatever people, you know a lot of people want to build their lives off of money and what money can do for them. But I want to tell you some money's going to fail you. Money's not going to get you out. Amen. Everybody's going to find themselves in a place, a situation that their money cannot get them out of it. It may have got them out of here and got them out of there and in other places. You watch some of these battles that's going on right now. A lot of that's nothing but show of authority and positions and money. <laughs> and probably, well, never mind. I'm not a politician. I'm not here to politic. I'm working for a different kingdom. This one's going to burn up. Anybody that's got the Democrats or the Republicans or the Independents for their God, they're all going to burn up. Well, that went over good. <laughs> it's still the truth. If you believe in this government as your God, then they're going to get you out of trouble. Well, if that be the case, then why are we in so much trouble? We're not depending on them. We're not leaning on the arm of flesh. We're not going to make mistake that Israel made. Trying to call on Egypt. Call on this or call on that. No, we're going to call on God. We're going to call on the name of Jesus. We're going to practice what the book says. Amen. When the report comes, I'm still pray about everything. Don't Nothing's too small and nothing's too great not to pray about it. He goes on with this and he says, His going forth is from the end of the heavens and his circuit unto the ends of it. And there is nothing hid from the keep thereof. 
the law. Now watch this. The 13th verse. Hebrews 4 and 12. Hebrews 4 and 12. Talks about the word of God. Sharpened the two-edged sword. 13th verse picks up and he talks about, amen, the hidden things. The intent of the heart. Hey, it's not hidden. All creatures are naked, amen, before him. All creatures. Nothing's hid. Nothing behind closed doors. Nothing done in the darkness. It's all open. It's all revealed. He knows. He sees. He knows the very intent, the thoughts of our mind before we ever even speak them. The direction we take God already. Already knows that. Watch this. You ever been in circumstances or situations you wonder, man, why don't, why don't God give them the Holy Ghost? Why don't God do this and God? But it just it don't seem to happen. But as time goes on, and they may give up the fight. Could it be he knows? Because I know one thing the Bible says. God's going to owe no man. It really falls back on the man. Falls back on the man. They will seek him with our whole heart. They we sell out. You can find him. We encourage by the word of God to do that while we're young. Got a lot of zeal, a lot of energy. A lot to offer to the kingdom of God, our talents and skills and ability, whatever they might be, to represent Him and His kingdom. Hmm. The statues of the Lord are right, rejoicing the heart. The statues, the principles, the commandments, rejoicing, strengthening the heart. Having the heart, having the zeal, having the, the, the drive to do what's right, to live at, at whatever consequences, at whatever price. That's the reason our disciples, our apostles, there's only one that you can read had, that, that left here of the natural death. All the rest of them gave their lives for this gospel and for this truth. You can stand. I know time's running out. You can stand. The commandments of the Lord is pure. The commandments of the Lord is pure. Enlightening the eyes. The fear of the Lord is clean, enduring forever. The judgment of the Lord are true and righteous altogether. More is to be desired are they than gold. Yea, than much fine gold. Sweeter also than honey and the honeycomb. This is the most precious thing that you and I can be involved in. This is the most precious thing that you and I are ever going to taste. It's the most, the most richest thing. Gold and silver can't bring what this can bring. Nothing can establish your heart. Nothing can bring joy to your heart. Nothing can bring peace to your life. Nothing, nothing on this earth and what it has to offer can. can like, not what this Bible, not what this word, what's called up in it. That's the reason we, it's a daily bread. That's the reason we drink from it on a daily basis. That's the reason we open the lids of it on a regular basis. Because in this treasures, there's all kind of sweet treasures. All kind of rubies and, and things, amen, to be dug out. Golden nuggets and instructions and guidance and help along this life that we're living in. This is what to keep us from taking those side roads. Amen. Keep going down dead-end roads. Going down avenues. Even this book has taught us. Try the Spirit. See if it's of God. And so that's telling us, John, to let us 
us know there's times you're going to try things. It's not of God. So what do you do? You put it in reverse and you back back out. That's what you do. And you get back out in the main line and you start back again. And you go on with Paul. And Paul said, when you've done all you can do, what do you do? You stand. You stand what? You stand in the will of God. You stand in the word of God. You stand in the truth of God. You stand. You can't answer everything else. But I tell you what, one thing. You can stand and wait on this God and he'll show up. He won't be one day too late. He won't be one day too early. Hallelujah. But you just got to be faithful and committed and dedicated to the commandments and statues of God and the word of God and being living a holy and a godly life and it's called out life and separate. Hey, it's worth it, honey. It's worth it. This world don't have anything on us. The pleasures of this world don't have nothing to touch it. There's nothing no more pleasurable. There's nothing with more and more great peace and, and contentment and joy. Amen. This is not a regret. This is not a drudgery to it. If it is, then I need to crucify my flesh. I need to bring the old man back under subjection and let the real man come alive. Amen. I've been promised a renewing of the mind, not of this body. Amen. But a renewing of my mind, my heart and my soul and my spirit. It's about the word. It's about the word and the author. To know the author, you got to read his word. If you want to know him, you got to read it. You got to study it. You got to search and dig it out and let it get into you, into your crawl. Well, we ain't heard that in a while, have we? Most of the time when we hear that term, you know, boy, he's about to get in my crawl. She's saying, y'all getting into my crawl. <laughs> That's about the way we act when, we, when something gets in our crawl, too. <laughs> Hallelujah. Now you're getting awake. Praise God. <laughs> crawl, amen. But this is what really needs to get into our hearts. Why? Because out of the abundance of the heart, issues. Watch this. Issues. That is the spring well. That's when you say issues, that's what we allow to flow through. That's what springs out. That's the reason it's so important to guard the heart. That's the reason it's so important to put on the breastplate of his righteousness. Not ours, his righteousness. I can't save myself. It's not enough goodness. Did you know there's some people think they can just do good jobs here and there and go to heaven? As a doctor, I've heard them tell me that. I've heard them. Hmm. If that be the case, you didn't need God. You don't need Jesus. You don't even need the Word of God. In fact, that's what you're doing. We're trying to do it without the Word. We're trying to do it ourselves, but we can't. This is the manual. This is, this is what's going to, that precious thing that's given to us, that promise of eternal life, to make it through this journey, holding it. It's by the book. It's by this. Proverbs talks about, I'm closing. God bless you. We'll be back tonight. We won't pick up here, but we'll pick up somewhere. And we're going to let God work. Folks, let's fall in love with the Word. Let's fall in love with the Word. We need an old-fashioned falling back into the Word of God. Amen. The Israelites were taught every morning, noontime at night. When they go out, it was on the doorpost. Put it on the orange. Put it on the forehead. The Word of God. Let's fall in love with it. Love you. Appreciate you. See you tonight. Practice at 430. God bless you.